Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden Artist Colors makes the best acrylics, Williamsburg oils, and core watercolors. And you can find them in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum makes amazing coffee. And you can head over to their website at fulcrumcoffee.com and check out their subscriptions. They have an amazing variety that you could choose from and have coffee delivered to your house every month. Everything from light growth subscription to espresso to all brands, single origin. They even have a sunset subscription, a jazz alley night subscription. It's a really cool curated coffee experience that can be delivered to your door. And you can get a discount by adding the code Alfred Studio whenever you check out from the website. Fulcrum Coffee Roasters from Seattle. Check them out. Haley Barker is an artist born in Portland, Oregon, and based out of Los Angeles, California. She's had solo exhibitions at Night Gallery, Bozo Mag, Shrine in New York, and Charles Hartman Fine Art in Portland. She's participated in group shows at Night Gallery, Harper's, Aquavella, Nicodem, and Shrine, amongst others, and she's been featured in several publications, including W. Art Forum, Forbes, Hyperallergic, Bomb, LA Weekly, and the LA Times. Her work belongs in the collections of the Columbus Museum of Art in Ohio, Oregon State University, and the University of Iowa Stanley Museum of Art in Iowa City. I spoke to Haley about Portland and LA, A Wrinkle in Time, Several Sisters, Painting Paths, and much more. Here's our conversation. It was interesting. I got to know L.A. pretty well when I didn't have a car, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you grew up in Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which isn't terribly... Well, I mean, the climate's different. It's a different vibe, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it's still West Coasty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you grew... I mean, you know, there's the... I haven't been to to Oregon in a while but I remember being there and just um, playing music and it was like where we were was very lush and it was mm-hmm. just bucolic and mm-hmm. nice yeah. and uh, a little gray but I mean yeah. is did you grow up with that kind of climate yeah for the most part yeah for the most part I grew up in Oregon and Salem Oregon and um, yeah I mean super lush um, also like gray and mostly rainy for about nine months of the year. Um, so if you have like any kind of seasonal affective disorder, which I think I definitely have, it's, um, it's a rough place to live. Like I, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's green. It's very, very green. Yeah. Well, listen, you solved that problem. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Yeah. (laughs) Although you guys had some rain recently. Oh my God, so much. Yeah, it, it's it's such a different um, experience. I'm I remember being in grad school. I'm from Pittsburgh, which is gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, 
it's like that. Yeah. Maybe not quite as bucolic, but mm-hmm. it's just gray. Yeah. And uh, I remember being in graduate school and my best friend was from San Diego. Mm. And, you know, New Haven is a different climate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember him being an interest in snow because he didn't really experience like a lot of snow in his life. But he got bummed out and he didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't realize it. And I was like, oh, I yeah. think the weather's getting you down. He's like, I think you might be right. Oh, yeah. Was, San is, Diego is ridiculously sunny. It's so sunny there. Yeah. It's so sunny. And it's kind of magical how once you get a dose of that sun, um, it's really hard to go back to the gray or yeah. for, for a lot of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's a bummer, you know? I mean, it I'm from is. Pittsburgh and I get bummed out by gray. <laughs> and if I... Yeah. If I travel somewhere nice where it's very sunny, like Hawaii or yeah. Dominican or something like that, when I come back, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it, and the older I get, the more I understand people who move to, like, Florida or something. Oh, definitely. Sign it. me up. I mean, except for the politics. But, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take no, the don't landscape. Don't sign me up to Florida. Yeah, right, no. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere uh, climate adjacent. Exactly. Um, but not to draw a direct line, but I mean, mm. obviously, you seem to be interested in your nature, surrounding plant life. When you yes. were a kid, was that the jam? Was like going out into the woods and stuff? I mean, we're I think we're pretty close in age, so yeah. you know, we were unencumbered by the, the amount of distractions that we have today. So totally, you know, yeah. your imagination would be your TV show or whatever, or oh, at least yeah. for me, I don't know what it was like for you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't live, um, I, w- I never lived like rurally. Um, I always lived in a town or a city. So um, I didn't have like a woods near my backyard or anything, but um, I always had a yard. Um, I mean, we moved a ton when I was a kid. Uh, so I guess that, that situation changed from time to time, but I, I mostly had a yard and um, always lived near parks. So I could always just play outside which was kind of the thing I did usually as as early as I could till as late as I could you know yeah yeah I and mean was I, that I played moving with local? a lot what's that uh, was the the moving around local or was it like were you moving far um mostly local I mean my my folks are from Long Beach and um I was born in Oregon but shortly after that we we moved back to Long Beach for a few years and okay. um and then uh, after about three years, they, they moved us all back up to Oregon. And I, I ended up um, moving around a lot in, in Salem, Oregon, um, before, before they kind of settled on a place. Were you old enough when you moved back from Long Beach to where you were like, I don't want to move back? Uh, no, I don't you... think I was old enough. No, I was okay. maybe like fourth grade. I didn't know. Yeah, just I mean, I for the ride at that point. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I I did like I missed being able to get on a bus and go to the beach. I remember that from being a kiddo. Yeah. Like, I loved going to the beach, but um, and I was like, oh, the beaches here are really cold. Um, so that was rough. But um, but you know, I grew to love Oregon and like the rivers and lakes there, and and actually, I prefer those now. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think you had a lot of sisters. Yeah, I have three sisters. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, for sure. <laughs> no, I love them. They're wonderful. But yeah, that's, that's a lot of sister energy. Yeah. Where did you fall in the 
one, two, three, four order. I'm the oldest. Oh, you're the oldest. Yeah. How was that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was good. There, um, you know, I, I did a lot of child care growing up. And, um, yeah. You right. know, you got to be yeah. the responsible one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I changed a lot of their diapers for many years and, you know, took care of them uh, with my mom. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, when I ended up being an adult, I kind of was like, I don't know about kids. Like, I kind of feel like I've done a lot of that already, you know? Um, yeah, I, I still mean, feel that way. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know about this guy. No. Um, yeah, but you had so much experience, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I did. And I, I didn't, I don't think I've ever had like, um, a whole lot of romance about like, that it will be easy. I know that it's oh, yeah, a lot of work, true. you know, it's you saw the gritty delightful. Side of it. I did. And it's, you know, it's so beautiful and miraculous in a million ways. But I also know that, you know, as I was growing older and knew that I wanted to be an artist, I kind of was like, I don't know if I can do both. You know, I don't, I know yeah. some people are great at it and I know it's, it can be challenging for others, but I just didn't think I'd be able to, to do that. Yeah. So you, so I'm assuming you don't have kids. I don't. I've, oh, yeah. there's my cat. Yeah. I've got three oh, cats. Oh, there's your, well, yeah. that does yeah. the trick. Yeah. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I works. I have two. And boy, <laughs> do they, they keep things interesting. They do, right? <laughs> They really, yeah, they really do. do. Yeah. Yeah. There's never a dull moment. Once in a blue moon, we'll send them to the in-laws because mm-hmm. we're like traveling and only here for a few days or something. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And when they're not around, it's very odd. It's right? a, It just seems pretty boring. Yeah. Their yeah. little energies bring a lot to a place. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. really do. Yeah. Um, so in, in growing up, like where does, uh, you know where does creativity hit and was Mm. there like was were your parents into music yeah yeah um was it on in the house oh yeah definitely oh see i knew i liked you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so much music i mean i grew up my dad um made a lot of collages and he would do watercolor paintings and he was a poet back then um you know he does more other kinds of writing now but um yeah, definitely like literature, books about art, um, and then my mom loves all different kinds of music and um, grew up with a lot of, you know, like good 70s stuff, like the Beatles yeah. and Joni Mitchell and um, I don't know, the Rolling Stones and... No disco though? Oh no, we had some, well... A little disco, a little not a lot. Just like the right. Saturday Night Live Fever soundtrack, which I loved. Yeah, um, yeah, little Bee Gees do it. Little Bee Gees. really need. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, they're great in small right. amounts for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Isn't yeah. it funny? I feel like as a, a kid born in the 70s and growing up around, because I remember when my parents would go, I'm not, they didn't do it much, but they would go out disco dancing. Yeah. You know? And then there was like, you know how it's all cyclical like as you go yeah. through these decades you see it like yeah. disco went through a phase where people were just like no man that's the worst thing in the world like <sighs> it was taboo for totally. decades like a couple of decades totally. I remember and then that. it just came back in music in a really cool way isn't and that weird I'll, it's 
really weird. Yeah. And of course, it was a lot of French people who did it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it was really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And now it's just kind of okay to like add a little disco. Yeah, it's just a it's just another flavor, you know, in the flavor right. in the spice rack, you know. Definitely. It yeah. is a good one too. I mean, it's it, just about it's booty not shaking. It's bad. Yeah. There's nothing not wrong bad. with that with a little mm-hmm. booty shaking music nope. in my house. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so you had music playing in the house, cool music, yeah. and yep. then it seems like dad was pretty creative. Totally. Was his poetry of the beat variety? Because that I would imagine mm-hmm. he'd fall into the on yeah. the road. Yeah, like kind of late genre. beat, like Bukowski era time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's um, how did you did you know that later on, or did he? Oh no! I mean, I was aware <laughs> aware of oh, yeah? of that stuff going on in my folks' lives when I was a kid. A kid, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I when mean, did you start drawing? Isn't that like the first dip into the pool forever? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It was for me. Um, yeah, I mean, as as young as I can remember. And you were into yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Were you into it like kids are into drawing, or were you like into it, into it? I was into it, into it. Yeah, yeah. always. Always making things. Yeah, like constantly making things. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Drawings, so you had the- markers, watercolor, like doing like... I used to make books on tape with like stories that were illustrated that you could like listen to the story and like watch, Whoa. you know, go through the book and yeah. That's cool. It was That's fun. inventive. You came up with that or was it? I invented books on tape. No, <laughs> nice. but yeah, no, I that's mean, breaking I, I, news. it was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. No, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. For some reason that made me think of choose your own adventure novels. Oh yeah. Remember those? Of course. But so much of, uh, God, it was so, I feel like I don't do that as much nowadays. Maybe it has something to do with being young, but the, mm. your your visual imagination when reading mm-hmm. was so vibrant, you know? Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that gets, for some people, beaten out of them in art school or over the years to where mm. you just start to picture things mm. from like maybe movies or TV or something else. Mm. But I remember mm-hmm. being very young and that vivid kind of like reading visual imagination was pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a muscle, you know, I think we can, we can like build it. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, what was your earliest book jam? Like which book just Mm -hmm. rocked your world at an early age? Oh boy. Like, um, I know that's a tough question. So many books. I mean, I read constantly. I still read a lot. Like, uh, A Wrinkle in Time was a favorite. Yeah. 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 I loved it. I loved the cover art. Um, of the edition I had. I'm trying to think of what the cover was. Well, the one I had, um, I I have the book somewhere, but I'm packed, so I don't actually have it with me right now, but um, it has like a, the whatever creature that's in that book. It's like a kind of chimera, chimera kind of creature that has like wings and eyeballs, and um, it's kind like in a dark wood. Um, and I loved that cover. I was like, yeah, this is, this is some serious stuff here in this book, God. like going to a really different place, you know? Covers used to be amazing. Oh, right. Yeah. Like album covers, book covers. Yeah, all of it. I still yeah. love all those things. Well, book covers have gotten pretty boring, but, um, but yeah, I loved that. You art. know, I just thought of it now, which one not that you asked, but uh, or that I should have. Yeah. But the one that really did it for me. 
Yeah. Was uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. Wasn't it amazing? I love that book. Yes. And the cover. Yes. Somehow one image mm-hmm. did it for the whole book. Yep. Like I could take that image and just build the rest of the images off of that. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. That Those covers were really great. Those early covers. And um, yeah. my parents also did like book dealing, like before the you know amazon and the interwebs um oh yeah you worked in a bookstore right yeah yeah mm-hmm. so, so i was always like it. aware of book covers and editions and things like that and uh yeah those early covers were really great yeah yeah i know that some like though and a parallel thing for me was like these 70s jazz fusion covers mm. which kind of blew my mind Amazing. like the first like time i saw uh, bitches brew by miles davis i was just oh, like yeah. what is that yeah. and it sent me down that rabbit hole yeah you know, like, kind of like trippy cool stuff amazing i feel like as artists those those moments where you're mind blown mm-hmm. are just so important I don't know. For sure. It's almost like a hit of something. It's like a high of mm-hmm. like, whoa, what is that? Yeah. You know? And yeah. And we, I think sometimes when we make stuff, we're trying to mm. get that, release that chemical in our mm. brain again or something. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. yeah Definitely. It's not easy though. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, uh, we set up so many like parameters and, you know, contained experiments to try to get there and right hopefully hopefully one does enough to make it worthwhile for yourself you know yeah it's like transcendent you know Mm. and um did you play any music ever uh no but i sang um i I studied singing (laughs) yeah did you sing just for fun no i said that counts oh yeah (laughs) yeah did you sing in a band or just for fun just like um, mostly for fun. I mean, I was in a band for like three days, but um, <laughs> like everybody. Um, but no, I mean, I mostly studied it for myself. I studied like British folk songs and that sort of thing. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because when you think of Salem, mm. right? <laughs> like just the word Salem and like, yeah. and you, but you think of like Portland and trees and then you think of you know poetry and Mm -hmm. like you're kind of it builds a sort of you know microcosm i imagine but were you like was it we i guess you weren't hyper conscious of it it was just what you were experiencing yeah definitely that just um, felt like that's how the world was yeah 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 did you so as far as like creativity moving forward like when did you start to move out of just drawing and thinking about art you know did you have like a high school art teacher who was who turned you on to it or or how did that sort of enter uh like studying art yeah or just like you know thinking of art as more than just drawing Uh, you know or or what you do but then like i remember in high school Mm -hmm. in 11th i think it was 11th grade or something that my art teacher showed me a video of jackson pollock painting the glass the hans namath one and i was like what the like it just blew my mind i was like what is what is that you know and that i think was like a light switch moment not that everyone has it like that specifically but there there comes a time when you start to get more turned on about making art in a way that feels like something you're doing not just unconsciously making you know 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I recall uh, my folks bringing us, like me and my sister, to the LACMA when I was maybe in the like second or third grade. And I saw... Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I saw what I think was a... Um, a George Basilates painting um, hanging up really high, you know, one of the upside down figures in a chair. Yeah. And it just like broke my brain. Like I was like, I don't understand anything about what's going on here, but I'm right. totally obsessed. And I just remember kind of like staring at it for like, a, like until my dad was like, okay, let's go to the next thing. Right. And I was like, like no. why, why? why <laughs> that's like seeing a ufo you're just oh, like what yeah. is that thing and yeah. what does it mean yeah and is, is it allowed to be there it was so <laughs> Some, yeah confusing yeah and the scale i remember yeah. going to the carnegie museum when i was young and i saw it must have been a i'm guessing it's a rothko mm-hmm. i know i just saw big i can't remember i was really little but i remember mm-hmm. seeing this big abstract painting and just being mm. like wait wait <laughs> you know, not understanding, yeah. but just being in awe of it. Yeah, definitely. I love that experience when you're a kid and, and now like it's so, um, gives you so much to chew on, you know? Yeah. And it's amazing. It can still happen. Oh, like yeah. You'll go see a show sometimes mm-hmm. and you're just like, wow. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Yeah. So you... I mean, that was like an early experience, but how did you, you know, start to get into it? Um, You know, yeah, just like kind of the normal way, you know, I painted in in high school and um, or I learned how to paint in high school um, with acrylics and started painting by myself with um, some oils my dad gave me and just like a little set. And um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of started that way and um, kept on kind of following through. I was always involved in like drama and like all of the creative things singing drama making things so um yeah it just seemed like one more thing you could try to do you know right yeah so when you when it was time to go to college what was your thinking like what were you just going just you know like liberal arts yeah yeah i mean i don't i never had any like career aspirations at that age or really with any of my education it was really more about just having time to make things and um yeah I mean I remember I was studying literature and I wanted to study painting but I ended up sort of shifting gears yeah god yeah that's such a beautiful sentiment that seems so rogue these days (laughs) of like because it is liberal arts right right I'm just gonna go kind of fill my brain with culture I mean, Reading it's, it's very romantic. Arts, it's, you know, it's very 19th century or something, but <laughs> like that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but to, to say, well, I'm not really thinking about career, I'm just going to learn and sort yeah. of study is so different now because it's like yeah. you have to just be, you know, it's yeah. career path, yeah. entrepreneurial, what are you doing, what's the end goal, prepare, yeah. professional development, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean and like granted there's like awesome things about both. Um Right. You know, I was came from like a very working class, sometimes poor background and um so, you know, getting to study things like things like literature felt like a luxury. Um but then like getting out of college, you're like, Oh, 
okay, like, (laughs) now I guess I have to teach. Like, and that was never maybe really what I was meant for. But, um, you know, but it's, it's like the, the economic part of it never really fit into my head until way too late in the game. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like these days it's like, if you think that way, it's almost a gift or it's, Mm. I mean, it's a yeah. blessing and a curse, yeah. but if you really want to do it, like make mm-hmm. work or be creative, yeah. you kind of have to be a little bit blind, yeah. optimistic, you yeah. know, just go for it. Yeah. Don't overthink how hard it's going to be, how expensive yeah. it is, yeah. how the percentage of people who do it, blah, 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 or yeah. else you're just never going to do it. Oh, you know? yeah. There's... Yeah, there's no point in thinking about any kind of practicality with it. It's it's not practical. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta take a shot in the dark. Well, yeah, it yeah. seems like you I would imagine your parents were pretty supportive though because them yeah. being creative fans of creativity and you know, the arts, right? Oh yeah, totally. They were very supportive. Yeah. Absolutely. Mhm. Is it a helpful being the oldest Eh. or is it more stressful being the oldest because there's four of you so there's all the chips aren't on one (laughs) one that's right (laughs) you didn't bear the brunt of all the pressure but you were the the first one out of the gate so i don't know what was that like or were they busy with the younger ones i think i think everybody was busy yeah you know that's um, good yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, I liked being the oldest. I mean, I, I enjoyed being motherly towards my sisters, and I still do, um, yeah. as much as I'm able to. Sometimes I think they mother me better than I mother them. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I think it, Did they I think all, it all go worked into out creative right. things? Uh, no, no, they do different kinds of, of things. Yeah, yeah, some plant and science related, yeah. Well, you're plant science related, right? I'm plant related. I don't, yeah. I can't remember the name of a flower to like save my life, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful time right now because all the mm-hmm. cherry blossoms are blooming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would imagine that's, yeah, it's kind of like inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I get sidetracked by flowers. So back to, <laughs> <laughs> back to school. Yeah. So, so you graduated with a liberal arts degree, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. yeah, I mean, you eventually went, you got an MA and an MFA, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So was the Iowa? MA first and mm-hmm. yeah. And what yeah. That I fascinated with Iowa in a way. With, a, with Pers- what? Personally, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with Iowa in a way. Oh yeah. I've been there and I remember I went to a rave in Davenport, uh-huh. Iowa and it made a big impact on my life. Oh wow. That's cool. <laughs> <Isn't> that <weird? laughs> Random. But, um, people end up going to Iowa and it's kind of funny because Mm -hmm. Iowa bears the brunt of a lot of jokes of like the middle of nowhere like you don't find that in Iowa you know what I mean it's true what drew you there well um you know I I heard from one of my professors at undergrad that um he knew a great person to work with to study performance and um this person had also taught um Anna Mendieta and I was like completely uh, I, in love with her work when I was in undergrad and Wow, you um, knew her work in undergrad? I feel like she oh, was yeah. a, wasn't she a little under the radar at that point? Well, maybe not. Well, I think like a bit. Yeah, I mean definitely not like today. Um but I I knew of her because of 
this connection to this professor oh, Hans right. Brader, who yeah. was her boyfriend and also her teacher, um, who passed away a couple years ago. So, um, yeah, so I knew of Anna's work through him, through one of his students who was my teacher. And uh, when I heard about Iowa's performance and video program and, and knowing that she was like part of that lineage, I really wanted to be a, be there. And um, I ended up getting a fellowship that covered my college. So it was like an easy choice nice. to go there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And how was it? You know, it was wild. I mean, it was great. I, I have so many fond memories and... Um, and, and, you know, I think it was like a very uh, Fluxus kind of experience. I mean, Hans Brader came from a Fluxus. He's German. He came from a Fluxus background. Um, mm-hmm. And my, the Intermedia program where I went was like the first Intermedia program in the U.S. And um, so it had like a very rigorously like, uh, what's the word? Um like anti-authoritarian sort of (laughs) chaotic um choose your own adventure type education so you know it was um very independently guided which i luckily am like thrive in um so you know it was really just just like oh you should read you know not like here's a syllabus it was more just like make your work and then like you know 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 about everything so yeah Yeah, inform yourself inform yourself go to the library check out all the books you need like right that's it yeah isn't it funny that was how it worked yeah a couple things one is it's interesting back then we Mm -hmm. made decisions based on i did like professors recommendations yeah you know what i mean you would say where should i apply to grad school and they'd say here here and here yeah and here yeah. And then you'd be like, all right, like, what are you going to do? Like, there's no internet. It's not like you're going to. Yeah. You kind of leaned on them, you know? Just word of, yeah. You, there, what, what else would you do? Yeah. Yeah. You just had to trust. And then yeah. the other thing is, it, it's funny. You wouldn't necessarily think Fluxus would land in Iowa. Strange connection, <laughs> all, right? All places. Yeah. yeah. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. But pretty much every major Fluxus artist passed through Iowa at least a couple times um, to work with Hans or be a part of the program for a, a moment. So oh, strange. I, I learned so something Iowa. today. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, some interesting third, stuff in Iowa. Yeah. Th- mm-hmm. Well, and that leads to my third question. Did you ever attend a rave in Iowa? <laughs> not in Iowa. In other places, yes, but not oh, in okay. Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it random? So yeah. It's a random event that I went to. And it was huge. It, it was like in this huge warehouse with like tons of people. I believe cool. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where Davenport is, to be honest. I do. <laughs> it, it's somewhere near. It's a, it's a, well, I don't want to say because I'm probably wrong. My memory is terrible. Oh, so yeah, yeah. It's I'm not going to. But I remember driving to to Davenport number number of times. Yeah. So. So you went for the MA. I mean, when did mm-hmm. did it translate more into? Did you start with this sort of traditional performance engagement and and then move into like 
2D making work in that area or was that later? Uh, I mean, I had always been sort of painting and drawing on the side and just not showing it to anyone and not really thinking I needed to like study it. Um, and because like at the schools I was at and first Eugene at University of Iowa or Oregon and then at University of Iowa, um, painting was very much out of favor in the in the mid late nineties, and it just oh, you it felt like there. Oh God, yes. <laughs> it was brutal, wasn't it? It was brutal. It was brutal. I went to school for that, so I felt like a total jackass. There were so uh, many times when I would there would be like a Whitney Biennial, yeah, and there would literally be like two painters in it. And I was oh like, yeah. When am, am I like you know? It's like when I you go to a party that. and you don't know anyone, and you're like, am I in the wrong place? I know, I know. I mean, I I totally remember that feeling and and getting into undergrad thinking like, yeah, I'm going to paint and then being like, no, I'm not um for a million reasons, but like mostly because of the the politics of the era demanded something a little more um embodied, I think for me, but um sure. But yeah, I mean, I I kind of fell in love with painting more deeply when I was at Iowa and was able to visit the painters uh uh, workshops every week. Um, I just had some friends in the program and I was like the mascot. I'd, I'd go there and, you know, learn about painting and not really make any paintings, but definitely learn about painting. You're just hanging out, flying the wall. Yeah. Just looking closely, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really till after, um, after graduating from Iowa and a few years after that, that I took painting and drawing more seriously. Yeah. Well, that's, Pretty cool. I mean, you got to circumvent the whole <laughs> painting crit stuff in school and all that. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that seems like brutalness. Like, I I have, yeah, I, I can only imagine how hard that would be to live through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had its moments. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I, I think it's the kind of, you know how there's this adage of like, you know, a lot of the critique or a lot of the way things were taught back in the day was mm. just like too rough or like yeah. unnecessarily yeah. kind of contentious and yeah. you know, and it's actually much nicer to to not beat your children and just <laughs> right. <beat. laughs> you know what I'm saying? Gee, yeah, it's I do. Like that, yeah. But then in hindsight, you know, yeah, like it, there were rough crits, so there were some yeah. real cookies when it came to you know critiques and stuff but yeah it, it does kind of make you you know like stiffen up a little bit and you know be able it to take does. Some, some I mean I, you know? I feel like there's um there's a lot to be said for being resilient but I you know but one shouldn't have to be resilient at any cost you know what I mean right, um, exactly but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for for beginning to build like a super thick skin when I was in grad school. Yeah, um, I think it's you know it's probably not necessary to go to the lens. In other words, there's probably a happy medium there. Definitely like challenging definitely. people and and asking them to step up or you know to yeah. really sort of like to kick it into another gear at times and things like that, but yeah. not in a way that just makes them wanna you know quit the biz forever and just exactly you know, exactly go do an office gig or something so yeah 
But yeah, I always wonder about that, where that line is, you know? And it's funny because sometimes I will, you do find yourself, well, in teaching, you know, Mm. kind of placating because you don't want to upset people. Sure. You know, and then you'll hear some people say, we need it more, like they want more. Right, right. You've gone too easy on everyone. You know what I mean? That's oh, you just can't win. You just you can't, can't win. Because, like, it's, yeah, it's either, I mean, I taught for some years, and um, yeah. I feel like it's always, yeah, you can't win. You're either too easy on everybody or you're too hard on everybody or you're right. You're pleasing this person, displeasing that person. Like, it's, it's so much personality. It was just really hard for me i'm sure i didn't do a good job <laughs> no, but i tried really, really hard it, it, you know it's tricky you know yeah. and the thing you i think it's so important and then i think this is a important in the sense of when we go to galleries and look at stuff or yeah. when we're talking to different people or whatever is that mm-hmm. you just have to to sort of like try to see what other people are doing or or mm-hmm. you know approach every person every situation you know authentically and just yeah try to get at what they're getting at and try to help them and it and everyone needs a different tone or a different mm-hmm. vibe you know mm, that's well said yeah i think that's true yeah that i mean there's know. there's a you kind of have to meet art where it's at and not um you know have some sort of absolute that you're aiming for that you know is sort of universally applicable like ridiculousness right the dogma yeah that was in vogue for right right pretty much forever until like 10 years ago (laughs) whatever it was yeah yeah thank goodness yeah yeah definitely Mm -hmm. so well after school did you move back out did you move to california like to uh la after that uh no so my partner tim and i lived in iowa together and um we're both from oregon and um after that after being in Iowa for a while we both sort of figured out that we were west coast people and I ended up getting a teaching job out in Eureka California so we moved out there to teach so I could teach for a couple years um and like Eureka it's in northern California knowledge I don't think it is actually it's in the redwoods um up on the coast yeah Mm mm-hmm that's yeah. a beautiful area. I camped there once when driving across the country. Oh, yeah. It's There's beautiful. There's nothing beautiful. like the Redwoods. It's yeah. Brilliant. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Amazing. Um, culturally, though, I felt pretty isolated and um, couldn't couldn't last for much longer than two years. So we ended up moving to Portland after that. and then Two years. That's impressive. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's probably kind of off the grid, right? So off the grid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my first week of teaching was nine eleven, so it was a very, oh very strange, strange moment in time for um, yeah. So um, it was it was just too hard. I mean, I th- I feel like after grad school, I had this desire to be an artist, but I I didn't really know how to do it. Like I didn't know what are you supposed to do, where are you supposed to go, how do you connect with people. Um, and I felt like at least going back to Portland, we had friends from prior to grad school, so I could connect with them and, yeah. you know, ended up finding a bit of a art scene there as well. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because I, you know, in the way that the art world has become a little decentralized where people, yes. it used to be you have to go here, there, or the other place or something. Yes. And I, 
I, when, I think it's so important just to find a community. You know, like you just yeah. need a pulse of a group to so sort true. of support you and so to feel that you're engaged. I, as some people do it online now, which is fine yeah. if that fuels the fire, but yeah. you just need that core, you know, to mm-hmm. feel connected. It isn't even necessarily that they're doing anything other yeah. than just, oh, you're there too, you know? Yeah. It's the comfort of that that keeps you. You know, it must be some like human nature stuff, like something oh, in, yeah. inside. You know, definitely Just that feeling. We need we need community. You know, we yeah. need family. We need connection more than anything. And so I think, you know, moving to LA was kind of a big part of that. Was a big part of the choice. Was like I just need to be around people that care as much about painting as I do. You know, right. and. Um, take it as seriously as I do and yeah finding that even even if I don't see a single friend in two months which sometimes happens when my schedule is crazy like at least I know they're there and we're all chugging away you know yeah making our paintings yeah I know it's funny because um you know living in New York City sometimes you just get so busy with your day-to-day stuff oh yeah and you you don't like I don't really go out much anymore I don't do that many studio you know it's mm-hmm. but the just the idea that I can go take a train or mm-hmm. go drive into the city in like 15 minutes and have like the best Korean food in the world you know like totally. or I can go see I could go to the Met yeah and that does it you know that's oh, yeah. comforting it's so comforting it's so comforting it's it's what we pay for when we live in places like this, you know. It's, exactly. It's, it's not the uh, the quality of the cleanliness of the sidewalks or anything no. like that. No, no, no. <laughs> or some of the local clientele. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, it, it's, it makes it worth it, you know. Yeah, that's, it does. That's why I think during COVID so many people did, like, mm-hmm. hightail it out from, of New York yeah. for a while because there was no art. There was no... Yeah museums there was no jazz clubs there was no music venue mm-hmm. it was just nothing and you were like wait yeah. why do we, why do we live here you know what i mean at that point yeah yeah and then everyone in la was like this is great we got a yard <laughs> we got a pool we got the beach <laughs> we were fine no <laughs> that's that's an overstatement but i know that it wasn't fine for many people but 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 like yeah being in lockdown in an environment that's so um pleasant to be in is really was really nice i mean yeah yeah i valued that time yeah yeah well so when you moved you moved to portland right uh from the redwoods yes yes and then you were there for a little and then you moved to la what was the drive like you said was it just being more connected to an artistic community that you felt in Portland, yeah. is that where you started, like, setting up the studio or, like, really starting to paint more? Um, eventually, yeah. Yeah, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I ended up showing there with a gallery for, like, five or six years, showing um, mostly works on paper initially and then um, and then oil paintings. Yeah, I did. It was all landscapes. Yeah. Very different that's approach, but, yeah, landscapes. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. Were you mm-hmm. catching some steam and like were you building mm-hmm. that community and Yeah, I was catching some steam. Um 
the community felt a little insular and like a little um just not super diverse and uh you know it's a primarily white city um i was just i felt a little bit like i needed something with more variety and more um more difference of opinion more more different kinds of people really um and so la when i came down to visit just felt really alive and like kind of I don't know. Like when, whenever I went to New York, I always felt like um, I wasn't um, like I just was never going to have the pedigree I needed to like get anywhere there. Whereas L.A. felt a little bit more like, well, you can just do things and like, you know, maybe something will happen, you know. And that's that felt very like of my sort of like punk rock performance art kind of way of leaning into things and so it just felt really natural to like want to show paintings here yeah yeah Yeah, no that's that's um that seems like a a good transition you know what i mean because you do have some space you do have some like a similar pace Mm -hmm. but there is the the community and then there's so much la has so much yeah diversity and so much going on Mm -hmm. there and not even diversity of like cultures and people and also Mm -hmm. like industry you know yeah. like you've got hollywood you've got you know mm-hmm. like movies film you've got mm-hmm. like you know blue collar it there's so totally. much going on there oh yeah yeah it's it's a it's a little bit of everything yeah mm-hmm. when you moved to la did you immediately sort of upgrade space i mean us over mm-hmm. in new york always uh, well i'm not speaking for the city but you know, <laughs> there's tends to be this idea that wow and my friends who live in la they got big studios. They got more space. It's right. Nice. Well, no, I mean, uh, I was I was unemployed for the first while we were here, and um, my partner Tim had a job, but um, but money was too tight. I couldn't afford it, so I painted in my, yeah. you know, in in our room, um, and then eventually was able to get a studio that was um, definitely not as nice as my last one in Portland, but. Um, it was it was getting there you know there were like artists in the building who like showed with galleries and i was like okay like we're inching towards like something like a professional approach um yeah now now what was my work like gosh um i was doing a lot of like abstract faces and um like very heavily mark making types of um ink drawings um yeah some some sort of landscapey stuff with floral and and like decorative elements but um yeah it wasn't it wasn't fully fleshed out yeah it's pretty but i'm well this i don't know if this comes off right but i mean Mm. since you didn't study painting your entire Mm -hmm. you know time in school but you were studying art i mean imagine Mm -hmm. that the approach of your work was like pretty intuitive yeah totally. I mean, or, or maybe you're just looking at a lot of stuff and also gathering mm-hmm. influence from peers and stuff but i would imagine mm-hmm. that there's a lot of intuitive nature to it yeah utterly intuitive yeah i mean i i still sometimes like not completely jokingly ask like I, like i don't know how to make a painting like i'm really not sure how you start a painting but i mean i know how to make the paintings i make now <laughs> but um but 
yeah, I mean, in, intuition and um, just the, the, you know, the voyage of discovery <laughs> that making a painting is, is uh, was the thing that always kept me, at, like, kind of challenged by it and, and interested. Yeah. I love hearing that because um, I always say that, you know, I've, I learned I'm really good at making the paintings that I make. Yeah. But I'm not going to... I'm okay at teaching other ways of painting because I kind of learned traditionally a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not, you become such a, an expert at you. In yes. A way, you know, which well, is kind of nice. that's what we aim for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's so funny because if you didn't have, if we didn't have our profession of like what we're doing, that's such obsolete knowledge. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. But I, I love when I'm teaching and I tell someone, well, if you don't want your lines when you're using tape to be funky, you put matte medium down first. And they're just like, whoa, I didn't have <laughs> But it's such niche information. Yeah. You know I mean? It's a total nerd it painting is. talk. <laughs> oh, it totally <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah that's it's, so it, funny. I, I feel that way also because, well, I do animation and digital work too, but mm-hmm. I've only ever you know i never took a class in in digital art or Mm -hmm. because they didn't have it when i was a student like there was no illustrator photoshop classes or Mm. fresco or anything like that so Mm -hmm. you know you just end up teaching yourself the way you want to use it which is kind of beautiful in a way i mean that's what i did with guitar like yeah just really trying i'm not saying you're doing this you're clearly not in this boat but Mm. trying to make the most with little talent Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> taking little talent and just yeah. working really hard and trying to make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much to be said for you know the uh, musicians who are able to build like really beautiful careers out of you know just kind of figuring it out for themselves. Um, the Ramones, right? Yeah, they're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Not amazing musicians necessarily, but but like it. powerful, powerful yeah. singers, you know, powerful band. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Mhm. So yeah. your your painting because your paintings are beautiful, they're amazing. So Thank you. the the chops that you have, like the you know, the way you make it, was that just developed slowly, you know what I mean? Because yeah. to be honest, I've only known your work for a fairly recent amount of time. Not it doesn't mm-hmm. go back decades so yeah i mean were you just putting in the reps and you were getting more and more yeah like sort of honing in on these things that you were interested in looking at and then how you're going to interpret them i think so yeah i mean it it just takes some of us a long time to get there you know and i think part of it is um maybe not knowing what it is you want to say or what you care about or um you know, and at the same time, maybe not having the skills yet or the the technical know-how. So I think, yeah, I mean, I can safely say that the last 20 years have been like pretty intense self-study and experimentation. Um, you know, I've, I've come close to this way of painting a few times and then veered off. Um, but I guess in coming to how I'm painting right now, I've been trying to really think about like what is a what is a a way of making and like what is a subject matter that can sustain me um mm-hmm. 
through hopefully through time you know what what's a big enough like arena to work within you know what are the boundaries and like are they are they wide enough um but are they specific enough you know um yeah yeah it's that balance Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean i in just only reading about your past and your history and where you're from and all that and then seeing the work that you're doing it is interesting to draw try to draw this line in the mind of like of connecting with you know nature or Mm -hmm. like plants or growth or organic Mm -hmm. things and then finding this really kind of I don't know like this ethereal atmospheric but then um, process driven like this Mm -hmm. technique of representing that stuff in a way that's merges that kind of you know i don't want to say labor but you know the the Mm -hmm. the making with this sort of ethereal feel to it Mm -hmm. and it there's lots of music that runs around in my head that Mm -hmm. kind of parallels that Mm -hmm. if you know there's this specific story or a familiarity or feeling of the person but then there's also this hazy kind of like i don't know like dreamlike quality to it or something Mm -hmm. Mm, interesting yeah i love that thank you <laughs> sure wow. i just went off on a limb there you're probably like what the hell are you talking about no but i love it that's i love hearing what what people see and and feel from my work it's such a gift yeah i mean yeah it's um i mean i think there's something about performance that that is in my work that has to do with just um the mark making being kind of the vehicle for colors being applied and um the um and the activity of like rubbing or um scrubbing or dripping um but also you know i feel like my approach to nature or my relationship with nature is an embodied one um it's really about like getting deeper in my body and not so much about like the visual as it is about like feeling kind of home in it yeah and that to me is like what i try to convey through the paintings yeah well there's that they have a feeling quality to them Mm. you know in the way that they're made you know the scale like in the tactility of it in the experience of that building, you know, these landscapes or these, you know, images, it just mm-hmm. fee- it has that feel to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's Thank hard you. to describe, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it, to me, I guess that's why when I think of certain music that sort of resonates mm-hmm. with their images, it's music is always so hard to talk about, right? Oh, to yeah. Describe. What do you think of? Yeah. I'm curious. Oh, it just gets... ethereal kind of dreamy you know Mm. that kind of stuff i know but um, that's a a question i like to ask people is you know what music do you think your work sounds like Ooh, that's a curious question i mean there's always a pause on that question there's no one is ever like grateful dead like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dylan, it's never instantaneous. It's Obviously like, mm. grateful, Dad. Um, yeah. No. Uh, Isn't it funny how we don't, we never think of that, though? 
We yeah. never really think of like, oh, my, my work look or sounds like... Well, know, I have some synesthesia, so I, I feel like my work sounds like what it looks like. Oh, okay. That right? makes sense. Like, yeah. that's just like what it sounds like. Um, yeah, I get it. But... I don't know. I mean, I've been listening to several albums over and over again for the last year. So maybe they, maybe they, like Angel Olsen's Big Time. Um, I don't know Angel Olsen. Oh my, she is wonderful. Is, isn't that the great thing about music? You it can is. devote your whole life to it and still be like, oh my god, I miss that. In painters too, yes. sometimes that happens. Oh, it's so true. I love discovering new artists and painters. Yeah. Angel Olsen, I was listening to Big Thief a lot. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love them. Um, Sharon Van Etten's recent... I don't know who, where... These are all, like, sort of sad, indie-sounding rockers, um, kind of country. Um, is, it, is it all, like, right now? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. They're so, all, like, from the last year or so. Like folky indie rockish sound. Yeah, sound. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this stemming from people like Will Oldham or Smog yeah. or like things like that's that's where my mind goes when I hear. I that. mean, it it could be. I mean, I'm thinking like Emmylou Harris um, okay. stuff. Like, but these folks are more rock by far. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I have to look yeah. up. Maybe you could send me those people. I, don't know. I will. They're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'll send so you yeah. a couple bands that I think Please your work do. sounds like. But you're gonna be like, dude, you're way off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be, I'm very curious. Yeah, I'm very curious. But the synesthesia, like, that's an interesting concept because mm. there does, I would say that your work does. Maybe it's the color and the sort of texture, but it does have a sonic feel to it mm, you know what I mean? thank you i would think thank you that it feels sonic to make them you know it feels like singing to make them yeah oh yeah, yeah. singer do you yeah. listen to music while you work oh yeah I you do. were saying you listen to well that doesn't necessarily have to be in the studio but you do no i i listen to music all the time when i'm in the studio i like to i like to literally sing also when i'm painting so Um, it's really fun to sing while I'm making work. It's just how I kind of like feel the energy that I know needs to be infused into the painting. Yeah. I love whistling when I'm working. Oh, I I can't whistle. What? I know. You can't whistle? I can't. It's such a, I've been teased my whole life, but I cannot whistle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so envious of those who can whistle. I'm sure people have said, you just put your lips together and blow. Right. <laughs> You're like, eh, great. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's irritating to people around me when they hear me do it, but I love whistling while I'm working. It There's seems like it'd it. be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I feel bad. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've dealt with it. <laughs> no, okay. you, you're, you're better, though. You could sing. I can't sing. Yeah, I didn't say I was a good singer, but I do hey, love you to don't sing. Have to be. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm sure you're great. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what have you been like? What are you working on now? Do you have things coming mm. up? And you know. Yeah, um, I'm working on a few paintings for a show in Beijing in a few months. Nice. Um, are you going? I don't think I can, um, but I'm 
excited that the paintings get to go there. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, other than that, I'm working on a print with um, with uh, Wingate Studio in New Hampshire. Nice. I'm excited about that. Um, and that will be uh, through Utopia Editions with Werner, which I'm really excited about. Very cool. Yeah. What kind um, of print is it? Or is this under wraps? I think that's probably all I can say at this point. Oh, Henry. Yeah. Sorry, my that's cat cool. just jumped on me. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go on a residency to uh, Mallorca for a bit to make oh, some work. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm I so think, excited. What's it? Is there a name of it? Is it? Oh gosh, there is. I'm on the spot. Your cat I'm, is so cute. Oh my I god! Know, Look at those a, eyes. He's the best. Sorry, yeah. listeners can't see. Look at this. This boy. is Henry. Yeah, oh Henry. Gosh. Henry James. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this <laughs> eyes. Okay, sorry. My <laughs> That's okay. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and then lot, uh, any shows on the horizon or nothing set yet? Yeah, I have a show lined up with um, Ingleby Gallery in Edinburgh in um, June of 2024. Nice. So that's coming. Yeah, and I'm excited to have a nice amount of time to work on that show. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to um, really explore uh honestly the backyard of the place i'm moving to this weekend i'm i'm planning to develop a new landscape that i will be painting so um it will mostly be potted plants and i think that will be interesting a little little shift so um yeah that's great yeah i'm really excited yeah well and hopefully in new york sometime soon because i would love to yes yeah i'm gonna be in new york um Next month, I think I'm gonna do a little talk or have a little conversation with um, Barry Schwabsky and another and a historian at Aquavella Gallery for their Bonard show. Oh, that's um, great! Yeah, so I'll be there sometime in late April to have that conversation. Yeah. Sounds great. Let me know. I will for sure. Yeah, I think it will be really fun to see that work too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, listen, it was great to meet. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, yeah. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. So it was very nice to be able to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much.